Well, this is it, eh? Six months of episodes, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of writing, recording, editing, Photoshop, Orange Crush, a lot of black licorice, and this is the final episode. Yes, it is. Let's give this one our best shot. Once more, for old time's sake. Yup. Three, two, one. Oh, it's press box chatter in ten minutes or less. Oh, it's press box chatter with Rhino and the Birdman. Ryan, are you, uh, are you crying? No, it's just, uh, my, my eyes are bleeding. Okay, yeah, I'm crying. What's the big deal? Is it because Carey Price and Shea Weber were so close to winning the cup? Is it because Corey Perry lost to the Lightning in the cup finals for the second year in a row? Or is it because you're secretly a Habs fan on this neutral hockey podcast? No, it's because Batman, he... Well, Batman, he promised me a new pair of Nike Roches. The ones he was wearing last night. He said if the Habs won, I can keep them. Speaking of Gary Bettman, every year he congratulates the team who lost the cup finals on their playoff run and hard-fought series. Let's hear what he had to say about the Montreal Canadiens before presenting the Tampa Bay Lightning with the cup. Hey, you guys used crickets in the last episode. And what the f*** are you going to do about it? The Tampa Bay Lightning have gone back to back. And Patrick Maroon has gone back to back to back making him the first NHL player to do that since the last guy who did it. The Lightning only needed five games to knock off the Habs, and they did it at home in front of their fans, who, according to Nikita Kucherov, were apparently not loud enough, as he was more focused on how loud the Canadians fans were. You kidding me? That's right. Nikita Kucherov demonstrated a surprisingly low tolerance for alcohol in a drunken post-game rant. Clearly intoxicated after doing back-to-back straight vodka shots from teammate Andre Vasilevsky's unwashed jockstrap, the Lightning winger openly mocked Montreal fans for their jubilant celebration following the Canadiens' overtime win in Game 4. Kucherov also violated NHL policy on decorum by appearing shirtless at the news conference, but the hirsute Russian was able to avoid disciplinary action by convincing league officials that he was actually wearing a sweater vest. And everything came up roses for Tampa Mayor Jane Castor, who said she wouldn't mind if the Canadians won Game 4 because it would allow the Lightning to capture the cup at home. Not only did Castor get her wish, but the series-ending Game 5 win eliminated any chance of conflicts with her busy upcoming schedule of Bruce Coburn lookalike contests. Who's Bruce Coburn? I have no idea. My dad wrote that story. Oh, well, if your dad wrote it, then we don't have to understand it. Every year after the NHL season ends, teams tell the media what injuries their players were dealing with during the season and playoffs. After Wednesday's game, it was confirmed that Tampa's Alex Kilhorn broke his fibula in Game 2, got surgery, placed a rod in his leg, and planned to play in Game 4. Until his wife gave him the old front-hand backhand and asked him if he was batch crazy. Going back to everyone's favorite drunk Russian, Nikita Kucherov, 
who couldn't remember Marc-Andre Fleury's name in the post-game press conference when speaking about this year's Vesna winner not being Conn Smythe winner Andre Vasilevsky. I hope that made sense. Kucherov was playing with a fractured rib. He's expected to be ready by the start of next year's playoffs. Habs coach Dominic Ducharme said that Jeff Petrie was playing with a finger injury, Tyler Toffoli with a groin injury, Brendan Gallagher with a groin injury, zero ounces of blood in his body, and about five concussions, and that Che Weber was playing the whole playoffs with a severed rectum, torn ACL, PCL, MCL, ABC, and LMNOP, Francis Bouillon's left foot, and two punctured lungs. Now getting into the actual series that was played on the ice, well, it was pretty one-sided. Tampa accomplished exactly what everyone said they were capable of, and for that reason, the fans, media, and players have to give them a lot of credit. Tampa beat Montreal in every possible way. They beat them twice in close games. They dominated them through large parts of the first three games, and they even managed to blow them out of the water in Game 3 when they won 6-3. Yes, Tampa was over the salary cap, and it's funny you joke around about, but they aren't the first team to do this, and they certainly won't be the last unless something has changed. In other NHL news, the uh, in other NHL news, St. Louis <clears throat> voice cracked there. In other NHL news, St. Louis Blues forward Vladimir Tarasenko has apparently requested a trade, citing trust issues with the team as the main reason behind the request. Want to get into this a little bit, Ryan? Uh, nah, man. I'm I'm too tired. How about uh? How about we talk about it next season, okay? That sounds good to me. If you've made it this far, thank you. If you've listened to every episode this season, an even bigger thank you. And if you listened to five episodes or less, and by the grace of God, you've somehow still ended up here, f*** you. It's been a crazy past few months. Not only for NHL players who played every 48 hours, but for everyone in the world. It was a time to try new things, gain 25 quarantine pounds, and start a hockey podcast. When Sam and I started this show, we had no idea what it would sound like, or even how it would turn out. We didn't even know if we would actually make it through the full season. But somehow, we managed to produce an episode each and every week, well, in my opinion, consistently improving. We were unsure as to how we would make these episodes, given I'm in Montreal and Ryan lives in Toronto. Would the audio quality be the same? How would our schedules differ? Do I really even like this guy? In the end, the audio wasn't bad and our schedules lined up pretty nicely. Overall, I'm really proud of the way the season turned out. We set ourselves a goal to have an episode each and every week and we did that, except the one week where we didn't. On top of it all, it's not easy to put your work out there. Cause you know what? It might be really sh. And when we look back on our first few episodes, they really weren't that great. But we stuck with it, focused on improving each and every week, got help from our family and friends, and finished the season with a really solid show overall. We'd like to give a big thank you to everyone who stuck by our side for season one. A special shout out to Alex McMullen for doing our intro song and transition riffs in between segments. Ted Bird for helping us write and reviewing our scripts. And some of the boys for helping us brainstorm. You know who you are, except for Mike Waba. So thank you, everyone. We look forward to the off-season break over the next few months, because to be honest, our idea well has kind of run drier than a stale bowl of Fruit Loops. 
we might pop in here and there to, you know, check in on all of you. And we'll certainly be back next year in some form with new ideas, new ways of delivering our content, and hopefully a bigger team. And more hockey reporting that would certainly get us fired from any legitimate sport network. Also, we just want to quickly mention... Oh my f***ing god. Wrap it up. Alex, you know what to do. Oh, it's press box chatter in 10 minutes or less. Oh, it's press box chatter.